We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Everything is fine as always in Nets world. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been incredible the last few days. Uh, the timeline has been all over the place, you know, to the extreme highs, to the extreme lows, you know, KD's leaving, LeBron's coming. We don't know what's going to happen, but if you watch or been on Twitter the last two days, God bless, because there's been a lot to take in. Look, it's 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 fun for me, Nick, because <laughs> as a person who posts a lot of memes, I was struggling. I'm like, what am I going to post in this offseason? I can't post like stats after a game. Now I just have 40 million memes in my archives ready to go. Yeah, I mean, whatever works, I guess, for right now. But uh, before we jump into a quick reminder, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack, where do we start? Nick, we're going to start with Kyrie Irving because I think the most the pressing issue that we've seen of late is around Kyrie Irving and his status within the team, as well as Kevin Durant in a piece from Christian Winfield of New York Daily News, who has been credible-ish when it comes to Nets news. You know, he's been consistent and inconsistent with certain things, but, you know, a, a credentialed reporter who travels with the team uh, on, on numerous occasions. The first point I wanted to bring to you, Nick, that we can touch on is the Kevin Durant part of it. Now, I'm going to quote straight from the piece. Uh, if Durant stays to see it, and according to multiple sources, Durant and the Nets front office have not spoken since they were swept out of the first round. Now, this only reiterates what we heard from Sean Marks probably a week or so ago, maybe 10 days. In saying that, Nick, bad news, good news, neutral news, no news? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say it's closer to neutral, maybe leaning towards bad news, but... I mean, we don't know how much neutral Mark... bad. It's like those scales where it's like chaotic, good, chaotic, bad, neutral, yeah. good, neutral, bad, you know, bad, neutral. I like it. Yeah. Like slightly below average, I guess would be uh, what we're looking at here. Um, you know, I think it really depends on how much they talk. We also don't know if this is a fact, you know, maybe they haven't spoken in person, but they have exchanged some text messages. We know KD has been busy doing some different things. So I mean, I'm not worked up about it, and I could understand KD also wanting some time away from the team after having a really toxic season. You know, there's a lot of drama throughout from top to bottom, starting from training camp, ending the season with a sweep, and nothing really went how Kevin Durant wanted to go. I think even probably for his entire Brooklyn tenure, tenure so, far, so far. You know, last year we had all the injuries. This year we have all the drama. 
I mean, my man is jet setting across Europe. Like, how often <laughs> when you're on a holiday do you keep in contact with work? Look, as when I went to to New York, you know, recently, you know, about a month ago or a month or so ago, I checked my emails once, and that yeah. was the only contact I I had with my job. And again, basketball is a different job, and you know, but at the same time, my man's just enjoying his holiday, living it up in Monaco, going to the clubs. You know, I think I saw some stuff in Greece. You know, he's enjoying the luxury cars. He's just enjoying life, and I think that that's there's nothing wrong with that. So, in saying that, I'm just gonna. I think that there, I would probably lean towards a bit slightly bad as well. But I also think that we sort of heard Kevin Durant of like try to distance himself from being the quote unquote le GM and the KD yep. GM or, or what Kyrie sort of said about LeBron James in that I Am Athlete podcast. So I think that this is all ado about nothing. I think it's less news than the Kyrie Irving stuff. I, I yeah. think there's a bit more credence towards that, which we can discuss. But it's certainly not positive because I think Katie and Kyrie are this sort of package duo. And the Nets have done everything to appease Kevin Durant over Kyrie Irving ever since you know he has been healthy. And you know the, the moves that we've heard, you know when Blake came, when LaMarcus Aldridge came, and basically all these guy, guys came, and they're basically like, yeah, KD sort of, I chatted to KD, yeah, I chatted to KD, yeah, I chatted to KD. So in, and KD was consulted about the Ben Simmons thing. So, and you know, about the James Harden. And, and yep. it's just interesting now that, that I'm not, sure, I'm not going to call it a rift, but it seems to be there's distance between the front office, the franchise overall and Kevin Durant. And that's what can happen with superstars. It can even be totally entrenched and like, you know, Killian Mbappe style with PSG, throwing out some soccer references, uh, football references for the old European international fans for us as well. But in saying that, I don't think it's amazing, Nick, because I think that what we've seen previously, when the Nets were at their best, when they were sort of fit and firing and they did acquire LaMarcus Orders, they did acquire Blake Griffin, the Nets were a, a pretty seamless franchise in what was sort of happening. And Katie was integral to some of the decision-making, or at least a portion of it, or had some sort of stakehold in it. Now, where does that lie now? I don't know. Again, he's on his holiday. Maybe he's just like... Guys, I'm, I'm, I, I live, breathe, and eat hoops for six months a year. Give me a couple of months off to go and party, find some girls, you know, enjoy the sun, and whatever else it might be. But I, I'm just, I will, I'll say that I'm not enthused by it. Yeah, and obviously last year was there was essentially no off season for Kevin Durant with Team USA and the Olympics, and obviously everything with that. But I think combined with the Kyrie news, it makes you a little bit more nervous. You know, if there wasn't any issue when Kyrie was under contract and there wasn't, you know, this big dark cloud over that situation, you know, I think we'd probably feel fine. And it would just be, you know, KD's trying to get a break. You know, season didn't go well. And also, like you mentioned, Jack, maybe he's trying to be less involved with some of the front office decisions and maybe some of the input he's had in the past hasn't really resulted in success and he kind of wants to let Sean Marks do his job. Or maybe there's just a rift between him and Sean Marks and not necessarily the Nets organization. So it's hard to know. Obviously, we don't necessarily have the connections to know what's going on behind the scenes. But like like we both said, you know, definitely nothing to be happy about. I'll put this to you as well, Nick. We heard we saw Arena Pavlova, who has been uh, uh, was she the partner of Mikhail Prokhorov? Uh, she or? was just kind of an executive under him. He, she played a big role with the Nets. Big role within the Nets. Big role in the, the hiring of Sean Marks as well. And she responded to, the, to those reports saying, I sincerely doubt it. More likely that his, quote, sources, being Christian Winfield, are just not aware of it. Now, there is certainly a likelihood to that. You know, yep. there, it could be that, like, 
you know, KD and Sean Marks, Center Texas, is like, enjoy your holiday, mate. We'll chat when you get your bat or whatever. Yeah. Like, we don't know what Kevin Rand is doing right now. Next Kingdom do a great job of, you know, filling us in of what's happening in the social medias and stuff. And we've, we've plugged them. Those guys do great work. Who knows what KD is doing? And I think that because we are in mid-May, the Western, the Western Eastern Conference Finals are currently happening. Like, basketball is still the prime thing. We're not yep. in the the off season, the the moves and such. You know, Kyrie Irving can't sign his extension until June 29 or July 1 when you know if he decides to opt in slash. And I'll get to those dates uh, also when we do some more Kyrie chatter. But look, uh, Irina could be right. Christian could be right. Both of them could be right in a sense. I, if I'm going to put my you know tinfoil hat on, I think it's most likely what I sort of alluded to that you know that they haven't had a heap of chat. Sean's doing some things behind the scenes trying to play puppet master in some sort of weird way. And he sort of let Katie go, you know what, man, I don't really care right now. I want to go out and enjoy my life and, and, and do some of my off season ventures and, and have fun, you know, enjoying non-basketball ventures in a way that James Harden has done to a very high extent, but it's not to say that when Katie's back, I would say, you know, June ish or whatever, we're going to see him fit and firing and some, some workout videos from him. But I, it's not the best news in the world, Nick, but do you think that there could be some credence to uh, Irina's um, reports or yeah. opinions? Sorry. I think there could definitely be some credence to it. Also, because it was reported that Kevin Durant's not picking up the Nets calls. You know, KD's not, you know, returning text messages. It wasn't to that extent. It was just like they haven't spoken. So, like we kind of alluded to earlier, they could have exchanged some texts or, you know, maybe we'll catch up when it gets to June. I think everyone needs a break or, you know, maybe they're. They're trying to do a lot of the stuff on their own, and they don't want the input as much. I'm I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but you know they easily could have chatted and set something up for a later date. No, definitely, and I guess we'll we'll get to the Kyrie stuff, which is I think probably the more salacious news if you're a first takesman and such. <laughs> and in the same sort of report, we saw that the Nets are unwilling to offer Kyrie Irving a long-term extension, and. You know some of the reasons that we know about in terms of you know Kyrie Irving's unwillingness to get vaccinated, Kyrie Irving's um, his, his injury history, all those sort of different things. Again, by Christian Whitfield, there's probably an element of credence to that. Whether that's being fed from Sean Marks or someone within the, the front office, I, th I certainly think that there is a level of some credibility towards that because everything that we've seen, it's we could we would have seen a more optimistic view and sort of going, okay, well, like we said on previous pods. We want to have Kyrie Irving back. We're committed to to bring him back, signed, sealed, and delivered. Not necessarily to that level of defi definitive nature, but I think that the fact that we're seeing pretty much the opposite is an indication that there is a likelihood that this could happen, Nick. Yeah, I think it matches up with the press conferences. You know, the end of season one, the one that we saw on YouTube with Yes Network. Like you said, Jack, there hasn't been, you know, we'd love to have Kyrie back. Hopefully we can work that situation out. It's kind of been we'll see how it plays out type of thing. So there's definitely some leverage play in the media right now. And I think this is also why Nets fans are so nervous is because Sean Marks and the organization is making a risky play. You know, they're playing with fire with Kyrie Irving and he's a guy that could definitely leave and he's not a restricted free agent or anything like that. And he could go to another location. Obviously the locations out there aren't great, but he could try to force a sign and trade. And if the Nets, you know, need to get something in return, if he's not coming back, it kind of works in Kyrie's favor. So the Nets are trying to do something. Sean Marks is trying to create more leverage for himself. But obviously, you know, it could it could backfire to the highest extent. Nick, in saying that, I guess I think that it's just weird the the route that it's being taken because 
If the Nets lose Kyrie Irving, and we've talked about the leverage play that Sean Marks is trying to initiate here, they have no way of being able to replace him. Yep. We've spoken about that time and time again. And you're going to be left with pretty much Ben Simmons on the team. Because I, I think that they are a package deal when it comes to Kyrie and KD. We know of all the reports of their the strength of their friendship on and off the court. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Nick, I've got a few questions to sort of throw at you. Is there any chance at all that if Kyrie were to leave Brooklyn, that Kevin Durant could stay? You know, I think KD would probably give it to the deadline. You know, you know, I think he would stay with the team at least for a little bit for the most part. You know, I, I'm not saying that's a guarantee. I would put it probably at like 50-50 if Kyrie left that we could see, you know, KD demand a trade the same summer. Or also it could be something that kind of comes to fruition as the season progresses and they really just don't have enough pieces. But it's I I don't think it would be something that would make Kevin Durant happy. You know, it just obviously Kyrie's a guy that he values a lot on and off the court and he's a big piece of the Nets team and their chances at winning a championship you know at the end of the day it's still katie and Kyrie. you know put great players around them and there's a good chance they could win a championship i mean you know not to take shots at anybody who's playing right now but it's not like you know anybody's looking like world beaters and yeah the nets got swept in the first round but they weren't healthy and their team wasn't really constructed properly you know a good team construction and a 90 percent healthy roster they might be one of these teams playing in the eastern conference finals absolutely and i think that i I would see it as like 80 to 90% that KD would not be on the Brooklyn Nets beyond a certain time period, as you said, yeah. trade deadline, whatever the, the heck it might be, because I think KD's decision in free agency, yes, I do see as KD as like his own person. He loves Brooklyn in, in a way where it's like, you know, it's chill. He can just go out there, do his sort of hoops things. But I do also think that he wants to play with Kyrie Irving. You know, it's it's you know, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, that that sort of thing. It's it's superstars just want to be with each other, and they have that luxury as they should. You know, it's Paul George wanting to be with Kawhi Leonard and wanting to be with Russell Westbrook and 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 the rest of it. So I would see it as 
an absolute aberration if the Nets were to blow this. And I'm not saying the Nets overall. I'm saying Sean Marks and Joe Sinek. And with that, will it be those two key stakeholders' fault if we see Kyrie and KD lead? And a second part question, because DJ was throwing these out there, and DJ's been on fire of late. Our guy, DJ, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Should Marks be fired if Kyrie were to walk? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really complicated. And I'll answer the DJ part first, because, you know, if Joe Sy is the guy that's telling him to do this or, you know, pushing him towards this way, then it wouldn't really make sense for him to be fired from Joe Sy's perspective because he's doing what he asked. If Sean Marks is kind of doing this on his own, trying to create leverage for the franchise, then, yeah, you know, that would be a major. Do you think, what do you think in, in saying that, Nick? Do you think that Sean Marks is going rogue and trying to sort of create this sort of leverage? Or do you think that it is a a joint this the joint decision making in terms of how this Kyrie Irving negotiation is being handled is being influenced by Joe and Sean it's not just Sean it's I don't I have to ask you like if it's 50% Joe 50% Sean or whatever but do you think that it's a joint decision rather than just one or the other yeah, I think it's definitely a joint decision like we kind of alluded to on previous shows you know Joe size definitely said subliminal things towards Kyrie Irving in a negative way so I would I would definitely lean towards that. And I could also see Sean Marks being a little bit aggravated about last season, how everything kind of went down. And obviously he's catching a lot of heat for the team, not performing at a high level and not having success in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously Kyrie deserves some of the blame because he wasn't here. He wasn't vaccinated. He wasn't there for the team and it created a whole bunch of different elements, but losing Kyrie in free agency would be a major L for this team. And like we've kind of alluded to, it would probably lead to losing Kevin Durant. And what that means is you lose your championship window and any opportunity to win a championship within the next couple seasons and for the foreseeable future, unless something really broke right for the net. So it would just be L's across the board for Joe Sy, Sean Marks, and just, it would just be as, as bad a way to handle a situation as you can handle it. It would be disastrous, yeah. catastrophic, devastating as fans because yeah. we're hearing. I'll throw, I guess, another one at you, Nick. Is it weird? And and again, I'm I'm getting some of this from from DJ, who's who's throwing out some some great quotes on Twitter. Is it weird that we're hearing positive news regarding an an extension and optimism around re-signing Clax and wanting to keep him over our franchise? to be one B superstar that to me, it just seems very strange. And, and, and maybe like, like some others, maybe I should treat things, you know, as their own sort of entity and own sort of decision, but it's weird. It's just like, yeah, we're optimistic and we're going to match and we're going to do everything we can to sort of maintain clacks. We'll, we'll dive into that into a later episode, but we're, we're hearing just like unwillingness, you know, the, the nets don't want to Kyrie Irving long-term, all these sort of weird little tidbits from reporters but we're hearing it about, a, at best, a fifth role player, our fifth fifth starter. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it strange, but I think it makes it obvious for what the Nets are trying to do. Like, they're obviously playing a game with Kyrie Irving, and there's a leverage play, and they're trying to take some level of control. And with Claxton, he's a restricted free agent. You know, there's, there's not really much to the situation. You know, if there's a contract offer that he receives and they don't want to match it, they don't have to match it. And they also were playing that in a way in the sense of like, we don't want to lose Nick Claxton. So if you want him in a sign and trade, you're going to actually have to send us something of value because he's a player that we really love to have. And we have the option to always match him. So they're definitely two completely different situations, but also the way the nets are playing those situations 
is obviously different for multiple reasons. One, like I said, they're trying to gain some of that leverage in that Kyrie situation with Kyrie Irving, where Nick Claxton definitely hasn't been perfect off the court and obviously has his injury history, but it's less of a distraction and is overall less impactful to the success of the Nets moving forward. Yeah, it's it's weird because I don't think that these things are mutually exclusive. Yeah, you know, all decisions that are happening within this franchise have some bearing or effect on each other. What's the point in trying to re-sign Claxton, Bruce Brown, if you don't have prime A superstars to that are going to be that they're role players? And if we're paying them above uh, uh, overs rather than it just makes no sense because I, I just think I'm just frustrated. If by you're going to go and, all in, go all in with everything, not just, you know, pick and choose. I get what you're saying, Jack. It's like, what's the point of filling out the roster and paying an incredible luxury tax bill if if you're not going to have Kyrie Irving and have a real chance to win a championship? Because like we've said, without Kyrie, you know, unless there's some magical sign and trade out there, you know, there's really no way for the Nets to continue to compete. You're like, what the hell is a Ben Simmons, Bruce Brown, and Nicholas Claxton team going to do? Like, it, it's just, and I think that in in saying that, like, we've I've saw different different things from people online, and I just think I'll, in fact, I'll go this with you, and this is by Josh Eberle, who posts a, a lot of general NBA stuff and a lot of anti Kyrie, anti Net stuff in general, but he's a decent enough follow, and I don't think that he has the knowledge or nous of. The, the scenarios that he provided. He's basically like, if the choice is A, play hardball with Kyrie and risk him leaving, Durant potentially follows, and it forces a total rebuild. Or B, pay Kyrie, deal with the nonsense, something him and Katie give you another chance. Even if there's a lot that could go wrong, give me B. A, B is not possible because our entire long-term future is tied to the Houston Rockets. How can you rebuild with nothing, Nick? It's like building a house, but you got no goddamn bricks. Yeah, I mean, obviously the rebuild route would be atrocious, and it would be, you know, Sean Marks having to do what he already did the first time around if he was even still the GM at that point. But again, I think, you know, I think another thing that's happening here is I would think the Nets want to re-sign Kyrie Irving. They want to bring Kyrie back. But the terms of the contract are where things get tricky. And I think they're really trying to protect themselves and put themselves in a situation where they can almost force some of the nonsense out with some of the incentives and games played and things along those lines. But again, that takes, you know, uh, that's a risk in terms of upsetting Kyrie or making him think that you don't value him enough or thinking that he doesn't deserve that money. So that's where it gets tricky. And I think really at the end of the day, that's where the Nets are at. I don't think they're looking to push Kyrie Irving out of the franchise because that would be incredibly stupid. And I don't I don't think they're that that dumb. But I do think that they're trying to play this game of leverage and playing with fire for contract negotiations. And like you said, they're not willing to offer the full max. Maybe they're willing to offer, you know, some shorter term deal and they're trying to find a middle ground or something with the guaranteed money. It's, it's a complicated situation. And like I said, you know, it's not like Kyrie doesn't deserve any blame in this situation. And like a lot of people have pointed out, you know, Kyrie and Ben Simmons are, are going to directly impact, you know, the next CBA. I mean, as the saying goes, Nick, if you're going to play with fire, you're going to get burned. Yeah. Now, how how hot are they? Uh, are how bad Marks are the burns? Joe, <laughs> how bad are the burns going to be? Do they have enough like nice ointments that'll that'll heal that stuff up? I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it does pan out because this is this could. I mean, they're already alienating the fan base in in ways that you know we haven't experienced because 
we've been some of the biggest Sean Marks believers, truthers out there. You go back to the archives of the early seasons of the Brooklyn Buzz before we even with Blue Wire. I was calling Sean Marks the goddamn wizard. We were doing Thanksgiving and things we were thankful for. And at the top of the list was Sean Marks. And now we are here where it's a crossroads for the franchise, Nick. And Sean Marks, he stands to either be, and Josai, you know, because this is now new ownership as well uh, under him, they either are going to catapult this team into a form of mediocrity that we haven't seen since the you know Billy King days, and it could be worse than that. That's yep. how bad it could get. So what is the, the risk that they're willing to take is so high. Like, it's staggering because we... When the, the, the James Harden trade was made and, and the, the, the picks were attached and everything, and we're like, cool, but we got KD, James Harden, Kyrie for the next five years. Those picks are going to mean nothing. You don't have James Harden. You now have Ben Simmons, who there are many question marks about him, despite some reports that we did get around him that we can touch on probably at the end. Kyrie Irving, obviously, is and KD seem to be some form of package deal. That's our assumption and probably most people's assumption. So the Nets would be literally like giving their future away already in a way that like <laughs> the Houston Rockets could get another Jason Tatum, another Jalen Brown. The Portland Trailblazers got a Damian Lillard. The Nets could be in mediocrity. Then it's just like, it's just nearly unfathomable to comprehend. Yeah, I mean, it is. And obviously they were recently in this situation. And when you take the risk, like you said, Jack, with trading for James Harden, including all those picks, you need to do everything in your power to make sure that you remain in that championship window or as close as possible to it. And like you said, you know, they're taking an extreme risk with the Kyrie situation and they're also doing it on a public platform. You know, they're doing it with leaks, with press conferences. If this is something that they really wanted to do, I think privately would make the most sense, you know, in terms of trying to negotiate with Kyrie. And there is still plenty of time to work things out because it is, you know, May 25th. And like you alluded to earlier, Jack, no real decisions need to be made until the end of June and early July. So I think the way that it's been kind of played out there has been sloppy. And from a you know PR perspective in sports, the Nets haven't handled it well. You know, even if you disagree with the way that they want to go about things in terms of the decision with Kyrie Irving, regardless, the way they've approached it from a PR perspective has been pretty bad. So, you know, we just hope for the best at this point. Hopefully they can bounce back and and they can kind of turn this into a great situation again. And Kyrie is back, you know, KD is back and Ben is healthy. And then all of a sudden you have a big three and you have the opportunity to surround them with some great role players and try to swing at, you know, a championship next year. And, and that's the thing there, because we know, we know the idea of what the Nets could be. Or we've, we've said that 85 million times in this podcast in the last 18 to 24 months. I don't think the risks are worth the rewards in terms of how Sean Marks and Joe Sy yeah. are handling this. Because what, you're going to save a couple of million dollars here. You're going to have a couple of little clauses here or there. Kyrie Irving will get paid in Dallas, in Detroit, in wherever else, because he sells tickets as an individual and a superstar. He's got one of the most popular shoes going around. I'm literally wearing them to work right now. Great shoes, even though I have my issues with Kyrie Irving and conf conflict with him, as I do with Ben Simmons. It's just like you need... The it, it's weird how the Nets were just so big at appeasing the superstars and the culture has been like, you know, the, this sort of Kenny Atkinson team, sort of old school college sort of thing. And then it was like, okay, we're going to appease ourselves totally to the superstars. And now we're just going to change, change tack. And I understand changing tack a little bit 
but you can't change like Rome wasn't built in a day. You can't go like a full 180 in the space of you know a month after the Nets have have lost you know a couple of games uh, in in their playoff rounds. It's just I just think that the way it's being handled is awful, and I think that if the way that the Nets have have has Sean Marks has built us up to being this is incredible, like a truly like historic you know, team building to get the Nets from being one of the most irrelevant franchises in sports to now being, you know, talked about consistently. There's a relevance. There's a, there's a desire for the content. You know, it's the reason why we're somewhat popular now. And you have Katie and Kyrie on your team, two of the best superstars, most talented guys that we've seen in the modern era. Where the Nets could go next is going to determine, you know, the franchise overall. Josiah paid a lot of money for this team. He's going to have to pay more to make sure that it, re- it maintains its relevancy, its winning ways. His religion is winning. You've got to pay for it, Joe. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we've seen people kind of tweeting out on the timeline. They're raising season ticket prices. Well, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that you have stars on the floor. And Kyrie obviously is a performer at the highest extent. And he, you know, is one of the most skilled basketball players and just pure entertainment at Barclays. And Again, like not even, you know, there's just so many different levels into the reasons why you need Kyrie Irving to be back with this team and to go from there. And if you want to try to change the culture and kind of dictate things more, get that contract signed first, you know, and, you know, maybe put some protections in there. And I'm sure, you know, Kyrie's smart enough and understanding enough to negotiate some things that the team needs. But again, like we just kind of talked about, like, don't do it on this heavy public scale and don't make it this big deal and create this tension. And also, take the chance of not only aggravating Kyrie Irving, but also aggravating Kevin Durant. And I think if you do that, then you're just really screwed. And like you said, Jack, the Nets go back to being an irrelevant franchise. Look, Nick, Kyrie and KD are bigger than the Nets. Like, it's as simple as that. Where they go, you know, an entire legion of fans will go with them. The Nets aren't the Lakers. The Nets aren't the Celtics. The Nets aren't the Sixers. We don't have the embedded history and the embedded fan base to sell out night after night after night, to have... Your season ticket holders clamoring and 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 wanting to be at Barclays no matter what. Then the reason why the Nets are relevant as they are now is in large part because we have Kevin Durant and Kyrie yeah. Irving. So you need to do everything to appease them within reason. I understand that, and I, maybe I'm not giving Kyrie Irving uh, enough criticism because I agree with the some of the reasons. I just uh, not necessarily the methodology that comes with it. Final question before we touch on a few little other news tidbits, Nick. Ultimately, I ask you, Nick Faye, at 1.39 p.m. Thursday, May 26 in Melbourne, Australia, will Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant be Brooklyn Nets come the 2022-23 season? I believe so, Jack. I believe so. The answer I like to hear. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Nets will screw it up that bad. You know, I think even if Kyrie got aggravated, they might just give in and give him the max deal, especially if there's a little bit of pressure from Kevin Durant in that situation. But also, Sean Mark knows, like, if he screws this up, it's going to be a really bad look and it's going to be hard to recover. Not to say he won't get another job, but he won't get another job for a long time because he got set up with two stars. And yes, Kyrie comes with all this baggage, but still the amount of talent that they were able to accumulate on this team at different points should be enough to, at the very least, get to the conference finals. And they haven't done that yet. So Sean Mark still has a lot to prove in terms of success in the postseason. And obviously he's not the guy playing out there, but you're the GM, you're the guy in charge. It's all coming back to you, the heat and the positives and the negatives and all that. Sean Marks is not Masai Ujiri. 
Yeah. Sean Marks is not Tim Connolly. Sean Marks is not Danny Ainge. He isn't one of these generational GMs that you're going to pay $15, 20000000 million to. Yeah, it's. I think he had, because the expectations were so low coming into the Nets, and the way he did build it with the, the savvy moves, the great drafting, the acquiring in here, and then I think getting superstars is a little bit of luck as well. You know, you're lucky that Kyrie Irving has a tie to the Brooklyn Nets franchise with his fandom, with the New Jersey connection, that sort of thing. And you're lucky that KD happens to be, you know, best mates with him. So you get both of those guys. You get James Harden uh, on board as well. Kyrie Irving, apparently a big part of that uh, also too. So it's just, Sean Marks needs to realize that he, the, the French, he needs to, he needs to realize that this franchise is the superstars. And without them, the net success on and off the court is going to be mediocre at the very, very best. So, but in saying that, Nick, any final thoughts before we get to a classic news dump from the Nets on Ben Simmons? Yeah, I mean, I'll just be extremely relieved when we get the news from Woj or Shams that Kyrie's signing an extension or signing a new deal with the Nets and everything's fine. You know, you know that that'll be the point in the offseason. But again, that still might not happen for another month or month and change so there's plenty of waiting and obviously we're going to get a lot of cryptic tweets and a whole bunch of rumors from this point on but we'll see what happens and hopefully you know all the trust we put in sean marks doesn't come back to bite us um june 29 is the date where he can re-sign and is it july 1 where free agency starts that right nick yeah i think uh it's like june 29 he can opt into his deal because he technically has a player option that's right. Uh, that's right. So he could opt in in the player option and sign an extension, or he could opt out and sign a completely new deal, or he could opt out and sign with another team on July 1st. Well, let's get to Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> so according to Brian Lewis, who's given us a few little news and tidbits here and here and there, has said Ben Simmons is, quote, progressing well in his rehab from May 5 back surgery, according to a source close to player. The net star is in, quote, great spirits and should be ready in time for training camp. Is this anything, Nick? Does it do we, like uh, I I get that like it's nice to hear, but I, it's been like two and a half, three weeks, and it's just like I could feel good after you know having surgery, but I, I don't really care because I it's just it gives us a form of content to discuss, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the same thing we heard when the surgery was announced, right? That he should be yeah. ready for training camp. We didn't really get any clarification. Obviously, like you said, it's you know it's May twenty fifth in the U.S. right now, and um, you know, that gives him about what, like three months to get ready for training camp, which should be no issue. Cause it's not like it was a major surgery. It was, you know, a minor one and it seems like everything went well. So it's kind of getting back and, you know, rehabbing that a little bit, getting in basketball shape and then working on hopefully some skills at the end of the summer. So there's no reason he shouldn't be ready. But I think at the end of the day with Ben and, and I'm not saying this as a shot at him or anything like that, you know, we still have to worry about his mental health. Is he going to be mentally ready to play on the court? Because obviously that was something that was holding him back. So if he's, his back could be 100%, but there could be other things going on with him that's not allowing him to be back on the court. So until I see Ben practicing and playing with the team consistently, I'm always going to have a little bit of a worry about him. Until he's out there in the black and white wearing the number 10 for the Brooklyn Nets, I'm going to have you know question marks around him. And I just hope that he is. I hope that you know physically and mentally he's yep. in a good space heading into what is going to be a big season for the Nets where hopefully Kyrie Irving is signed, Kevin Durant, like you alluded to, Nick. But... And other news to sort of finish off with, we heard that the Nets are going to be likely to defer uh, their pick from the Sixers 
2023 where it'll become an unprotected 2023 first rounder. And that's via Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice. Right move, Nick? Yeah, definitely the right move. And also, I think what Joel Embiid during the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics game tweeted something out like, the Heat need another star. So, (laughs) (laughs) wowie! Who really knows what's going on there? Obviously, James Harden has been declining. His health is in question. The Sixers have plenty of issues of their own. So, deferring is the right move. And obviously, never wish injury on anybody, knock on wood. But with the health status of James Harden right now and the health status of Joel Embiid over the last couple of years, one injury and that you know that team could end up in the eighth seed, the play-in game, miss the playoffs. So, you know, I think deferring makes a lot of sense, especially considering this year's draft isn't super strong and the 2023 draft is supposed to be stronger. So the, you're telling me, Nick, that the Knicks are going to be able to add Victor Wenbenyama to the big three. That's uh, <laughs> just a guy that I know happens to be like just generational first pick, probably in the 2023 draft. Imagine the big four, Nick. We'll get a big four. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be really that would be really ironic and it would be awesome considering what the Nets traded for James Harden. They were able to get, you know, a a top three uh, pick in return. That would be incredible. But I don't think Philly will decline that much. But even still, if it's moving up five slots in the draft, that can be a pretty drastic difference in terms of trading. And also, I think the pick becomes more attractive because I'm not mistaken in 2023, it's unprotected. So when you're looking in trade packages as an opposing team or even a bad team, you know, just hypothetically, you're talking to Detroit about Jeremy Grant. Oh, wow. That that pick is intriguing rather than, you know, a future Nets pick if they have all these stars on the team. And that's not really that intriguing. So I, I think it's the right move. And it's kind of always been the expected move. And then they shouldn't use it because they've already got 40 million, you know, rookies on their yeah. roster. Check out our last said. podcast. Yep, exactly. Justin broke down in his article as well as with us on the pod about that. So plenty of Nets news, Nets speculation to talk about, Nick. I'm sure in 12 days, in seven days, five days, three days time, I'll be getting my mic again and we'll be chatting about something else, whether it's Kevin Durant's rumored staffer tweeting out something which was obviously debunked, but Never a dull day in Nets world. Yeah, and maybe we'll be able to do the actual podcast we were supposed to do today <laughs> at some point. Nick but... Claxton and Bruce Brown, we're, we're getting for you guys. I know that you guys are subscribed to the pod. We're looking forward to really diving deep. Nick's got some spreadsheets and Google Docs going. Um, look forward to seeing that and hearing his thoughts. But we will definitely touch on that very, very soon. The futures of Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton within and outside the Brooklyn Nets franchise. 100%. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.